Hi, this is Mary Coughlin, and I want to welcome you to the Care Out Loud podcast, presented to you by Caring Essentials Collaborative, founder of the Trauma-Informed Professional Certificate Program and internationally recognized leader in trauma-informed developmentally supportive education for parents and professionals serving babies, children, and families in crisis around the globe. I'm wicked excited you're here as we talk about caring out loud. In each moment lies a unique opportunity to create a kinder, more connected and compassionate world one moment at a time. And it all begins with you. to part two of my incredible interview with Dr. Carol Kenner as we pick up where we left off talking about Carol's work coordinating and creating a global community for neonatal nursing. Let's dive in. Um, I, you know, what's running through my head is now, um, and we mentioned it earlier, and I forget what the acronym stands for, but you were at an ALIGN meeting. It was an yes. ALIGN meeting in Hawaii. That's a relative, is that a relatively new organization also? Yeah, uh, 2000. Uh, 17, um, around that time, we really tried to pull together the North American groups. That's really what it was. Anybody, any uh, nursing group that had something to do with newborns, small and sick newborns. So it was A1. It was uh, uh, the Academy of Neonatal Nurses. It was the NAN, uh, National Association of Neonatal Nurses. It was Caring for Hawaii Neonates. Uh, that is a part of COIN and then COIN, uh, so that we would say, what are the issues that we are facing in North America mm -hmm. that we can come together and talk about and look for ways that there can be synergies? It, it's not all about competition. I mean, COIN certainly not, uh, not pulling in members from uh, other organizations. We all say we don't care what organization you belong to. Some of us belong to all of them. But <laughs> the reality is what we want is that the leadership comes together and talks very seriously about issues that are, are really concerning um, us today. And right now it's the workforce. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, the, the burnout, the lack of resilience in our workforce. Uh, the turnover rates um, uh, and just the impact in general in, in patient care. This zero separation of families is another thing that while that's a global issue, we also talked about it here um, as the Align Group. So that's what that is, the Alliance. Um, it actually feels like a, a segue into um, a connection that, I, that I'm seeing just based on what you're, you're sharing between the work that you do and trauma-informed care, um, it, you know, I think because the trauma-informed care paradigm, um, although initially I was really focused about its um, relevance for the baby, and then of course the baby family, but the more you dig in, and the, or at least the more I dug in, and the more I, I kind of uncovered to try and understand where this trauma is coming from and and how it's perpetuating itself, I think you know it it all begins with the clinician and the trauma that they're experiencing. And I'm sure many of our colleagues may not refer to it as trauma, um, 
but you know, burnout, um, compassion fatigue, um, you know, workplace bullying, you know, all of those things have a traumatic impact on us. And that affects how we show up to those that we serve and whether or not we show up at all. I mean, because I know in the wake of um, COVID, we've had a mass exodus from the nursing profession at large. Um, and even many of our neonatal colleagues have left the profession as well. And so that speaks to that underlying trauma, um, trauma experience that these professionals are, are enduring. So it sounds like, you know, you know, talking about this across all of these different professional organizations um, is a real opportunity to uncover, you know, hopefully some solutions and some strategies to address the, the trauma of the healthcare professional, of the neonatal nurse. Yes, yes, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think um, we haven't labeled it trauma-informed care uh, until recently, yeah. but again, my own research has always been transition from hospital to home. Um, I still work with colleagues around the world that are looking at that, especially as the impact of COVID. Uh, then uh, again, we're, we're talking about that, Mary, with the Gravens Group, with the Infant and Family Centered Developmental Care that I'm now involved in and the framework there, talking about the uh, stress, uh, stress and coping, not only of the families or the baby, but of the caregiver and the professional staff. So I think that that's really important. Um, uh, it's funny, I just had an article accepted. I'm, I'm one of three authors, I'm not the lead author, that also talked about um, deans and the trauma that the deans, uh, nursing deans saw and felt and experienced during the pandemic. And it wasn't an easy article to get accepted for publication because the emphasis has been on students. It's been on faculty to a small part, but we also saw a tremendous turnover, burnout in nursing deans. And so we talked about some strategies just like you do in, in the neonatal world of trauma-informed. How do you build resilience? What do you need to do? How do you get some work-life balance? And um, so, uh, you know, the, and for some people that don't know my, my uh, dichotomy at the moment, it's not only the neonatal world, but I am a dean at the College of New Jersey, the School of Nursing and Health Sciences. So I have public health kinesiology and nursing. And so I see this in our students, I see this in faculty, and I see it in, our, in my colleagues. Um, and we talk about that. We have to talk about that, that this is this lived experience for the last two, almost now three years, um, has had a significant impact on us. And, and most of us, um, I think, would say it's almost like that baby in the NICU where you've got all these sounds and noise and lights and things that are different than when we, you were in utero. And now during the pandemic, it was all these things bombarding you on how to go and move online and you're teaching how to do things that, uh, to support nurses, virtually how to uh, pivot, you know, in a moment's notice, have to be on call 24 seven is what you feel like, not that people were forcing people to do that, but you felt like you had to respond immediately yeah. during this crisis. Well, you can only do that for so long. 
Right. I, you just made me think of that expression, overwhelming an individual's capacity to cope. And, um, and when you do that, um, people will do everything they can to adapt and attempt to cope. But oftentimes those coping mechanisms become maladaptive over time, right? You, you end up burning yourself out trying to adapt to a situation that is, is, is extremist. So I think, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. If, I mean, if you're breathing, you are vulnerable to, you know, feeling this extreme toxic stress, you know, um, or trauma, whatever language, um, feels appropriate. I think, you know, we're all vulnerable to this. And so I think collectively, regardless of what you call it, um, we need to get back to, I think, you know, kind of like the primacy of, of nursing, right? It's about caring and healing and, and creating a, an environment that facilitates that. And it has to begin with the healer, because if the healer isn't feeling whole, then how can they serve? Uh, you know, to the best of their ability. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I have, I had one of these questions, but you really, I mean, you're already doing this work, which I just am again, so blown away and blessed that I have this time to, to share with you about how your work is impacting the world. I mean, it's just, it's enormous, you know, and what an incredible legacy um, you know, for a career in neonatal nursing that you have touched not just patients and families and colleagues, but literally the globe, um, government institutions and, and healthcare um, policies and standards. It's just, that's just really amazing. I mean, to me, you represent what it is to care out loud um, with every fiber of your being. And um, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm honored to know you. I'm honored to, that you're sharing your time with us. And um, I just would love, you know, to kind of pull all, pull all of this together and get a sense from you. If, um, is there one big thing? Is there, you know, is there something left on your list? You know, I mean, you're, you're, Thing you know, you've been rolling through your professional career, and every time you see a need, you're responding to it. You're collecting a, a group of folks, and you're addressing it, and then you're moving on to the next thing. Where are you at with this? You know, you know this moving, you know, um, evolution of your professionalism. How how is it unfolding for you? And is there some more that you feel you're you're called to do? always more to do, but, you know, I'm honored to know you and look how far you've come and where you've come in your career to create the, the real um, understanding of trauma-informed and then going on to create the certificate and, and the credentials in that area to demonstrate why that's so important. So to me, Mary, part of this is also continuing to build that network but for me also, it's succession planning. Who's going to continue to carry this on to feel as, uh, you know, as compelled, not just as I do, but we've got such a wonderful working coin board that, you know, I can't imagine people taking the time that they take to make these things happen. And especially during the pandemic and and uh, you've seen us in action at some of the conferences. We're not ones that sit back and somebody else is rolling this, these programs out or whatever. We're all in there rolling up our sleeves. So to me, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but we have to do 
the, the, the leadership development. And we have to nurture people to create that next um, line of people that are going to take over from, from us. I think that that's really important. And I, I at a, a recent conference, did moderate a session of nurse leaders, and it really disturbed me. And I said this then, that almost collectively, they said, well, we were told at one point in our career or in our lives that you couldn't be a nurse, you shouldn't be a nurse, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. Got a lot of rejections, all of us have, I certainly have, and yet we excelled. We all ended up to be places where we didn't anticipate, and we called it, I, I labeled the panel the accidental leader because it wasn't a one of us that said, when I came out of nursing school, I wanted to be the leader of a national organization, or I wanted to work globally to set standards. It yeah. was, we saw a need and we saw an opportunity and we had mentors that believed in us. And again, going to, to your work, Mary, I think the next frontier for us is to really take this trauma informed and say, we've got to apply it to ourselves and we've got to teach resilience to those coming behind us or they will burn out sooner than what we're seeing at the present time. That worries me a lot, Mary. I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, and that is the next item on the agenda is, I mean, recognizing and, and, and understanding the mechanics and the psychology and physiology of trauma is important, but it's equally important to understand then. So what's the, the you know, an, ante, antithesis of that? It's resilience. And how do we cultivate and foster that? And I think a lot of that work is um, the work that I mean, I, I, I'm a bit of an, a, a theoretical nerd and I love Gene Watson's work um, and all that caring science and the um, uh, really understanding a lot of the um, self-actualization work. You know, I think people, because of the, cu the culture that we're brought up in, in our society, um, we let our purpose and our passion be oftentimes managed by external forces and really what we need to do as nurses is to honor our internal resources and really f understand and believe that all that we need is within us. You know, that, you know, when you were saying um, nobody, you know, planned to be the leader of X, Y, and Z and create all of these, you know, different things that we've done, that wasn't the primary goal. It was responding to a gap. It was responding to a need. Um, it was addressing a, a challenge. And that's what we do. And you kind of step in. And that's when that I think that strength that lies within is invited to step out. And the more we do it, the more we understand and believe in our own capacity. And that fuels, I think, our resilience. But I think many of our frontline colleagues um, don't have that that space in their lives to be able to um, see that and appreciate it within themselves because oftentimes they're burning the candle at both ends 
And so helping these new nurses, you know, that are coming out of nursing school, giving them the tools um, that they need to be able to be empowered advocates, you know, for themselves and in doing so, then they can be a better advocate for those they serve. I think that that's a, uh, an opportunity to help these new nurses have all of the tools, not just the skills. Um, and, and I mean, you know, no diss, but you need the skills. I know you need the science. I know. But you also need those tools that are going to help you be resilient in the face of these challenges, have that courage to stand up and say, hey, you know what, this isn't right, we need to do this differently and be leaders in their own right. Many of the nurses that I do speak with and I talk to them about being leaders and being healers and some of this language and they look at me like I just landed from Mars. I say, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just the nurse, yeah. right? And it's, it's, um. We need to address that, you know, as leaders in nursing, really help these new nurses and the legacy nurses as well. But definitely these new nurses realize you are a leader. There are formal and informals. And just by stepping into this role, you are a leader and a healer. And right. and yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think we also have to address the other elephant in the room, Mary, and that we're still predominantly a female profession. So many of us suffer for the imposter syndrome yeah. and we focus on what we do wrong or the mistake we make, not all the things that we bring to the table. And I think we have to turn that around. I also feel very strongly that it's the time now to not wait to be invited to these tables, mm -hmm. but to push your way in to the table. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really important but our communication style as women is different than men. Um, it, and that's okay. I, I like working with the mix, but that also means that we have to learn how to communicate across genders and across hierarchies. This is a lot of what I, I, I think about in my early career, but I also think about in, in countries now where this, this hierarchy and the status between doctors and nurses, between males and females is so strong yeah. that that we have to give them the tools to to really help move forward and and to understand, you know, you have a different set of skills, um, typically, if you're a woman, and that you may come and confront problems differently, doesn't make it right or wrong, man, woman, whatever. Uh, it, it just means that we have to acknowledge that um, that's still an issue for for many of us that that it is still an uneven table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that whole thing about systematic trauma, right? And the gender hierarchies and inequalities um, that does oppress um, peoples and, and peoples of um, different genders and, and different ethnic backgrounds and that sort of thing. So I, you're absolutely right. Um, and how, how do we address that? You know, then how do we, in these educational environments, how do we cultivate a level of empowerment? And it has to be true pronged, right? Um, you know, at, at that front edge of um, the profession, but also at the in the systems level, you know, uh, with the hierarchy, with the, with medicine, with other, whatever whatever other hierarchies are in play um how do we break down some of that uh 
framework or structure, you know, um, you're right. Yeah. Those I are your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things you talk about it. And uh, also for those of us that have gotten to this point of a recognized leader in the profession of telling our stories that there's not always been uh, a smooth path yeah. and, and how, what, what did we use to, to bounce back from some pretty awful times probably. Uh, I don't think there's one of us that could have gotten to the positions that we're in that hasn't had some pretty horrendous days. And I think you're right. I mean, sharing those stories can inspire others because it may look all nice and easy, um, you know, looking from the outside in. But yes, you know, um, you know, live, understanding what brought me to where I am today was not all roses. And, for, and, and it can't be for anybody. I mean, we're all human beings. And that's probably another big piece of um, the illusion that people can have about these trajectories and opportunities that they have to, to fully step into their purpose, their power, and, and, and leave their passion is to understand that it is a lot of the challenges and the bad, you know, experiences. I'm just kind of air quoting it because, I mean, in out of pretty much every bad experience is an opportunity for you to turn that around and use that challenge, use that trauma, use that um, pain for, for better you know, um, but in, in everything, you know, like, I mean, coming back to that first story that you shared about when you first came into the NICU and the doors locked and how, you know, and you were the nurse and how scary that was for you, you used that knowledge to help the family, you know, to really help make those connections. And so I think that's another important piece for us as nurses and, and as humans to recognize that we're all in this together. You know, we have that shared experience and to stop fooling ourselves and thinking that someone's got it better than another person, because that's not the truth of it. And I think in breaking down those silos, the best intervention, it's not the best word, but the best intervention, I think, is exposing our vulnerabilities, you know, being courageous about that and helping people see that, yeah, it is, it's hard work. And, but if you're committed to this work and you can see a better way, then it's your responsibility to, to live that and, and to, to, yeah, to demonstrate that. But if we're good role models, Mary, then people will follow. And I, I think that that was uh, a key. I mean, number of years ago, uh, several of us started talking about here we were from Ohio, which is not a huge state by comparison to a lot of our states. And at that point in the mid 90s, there were eight sitting national nursing presidents of different specializations. And so we started talking about, well, why do you think that happened? Well, there were three major deans of the three largest programs in the state, and I'm speaking of nursing programs, mm -hmm. that basically told their students and their faculty, you need to get involved, you need to give back to the profession. And so it was an expectation, and it was as important as bed making 101, right, to be involved, whatever yeah. that involvement meant. Yeah. And so we started networking, and here we went, you know, all of us off to move up the career ladder uh, in leadership. 
but it was because we had role models that said, yeah. this is what you have to do. Yeah. 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 But to be, even to be a role model. Well, I mean, I think you're a role model, whether you, you whether you want to be a role model or not. Right. I mean, if you're, you know, because people are looking to you um, regardless of what your station is, but to be an intentional role model, right. And really mentor those um, that you're, that you're with, that you're partnering with or collaborating with. Um, that's where the, the real opportunity is to ignite that fire or it or stoke the fire um, within these new professionals to really step up and see that they are limitless. You know, you can do this work. You can, you know, um, be a champion across whatever situation you want, as long as you believe in yourself. And I believe in you, right? You know what I mean? And, and so you need to believe in yourself. That's just so powerful. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, we need more leaders to inspire others, more educators for sure to inspire it. And then, and it's, but it's not as easy as just saying that because many of these leaders, many of these um, professors and, and other, uh, in other roles may be feeling the weight of fatigue, right? Um, burnout and, and all these other things. So it's a very complex situation, but I think I think you and I have done a pretty nice job <laughs> identifying all of the facets. And now really the, the next step is to try and work on this, you know, and just continue to have these discussions, let people hear these words um, and hopefully be called and, uh, you know, to call to step into um, what their purpose is and, and their, their mission in, in life too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have to be honest with you. I literally could talk to you forever, but um, I do also want to be respectful of your time. And I am just so incredibly grateful, Carol, that you've spent this time with me. And um, I'm I'm honored by this. And uh, just thank you so very much. Thanks so much for listening in. Next week's guest is a dear friend of mine, Kathy Randall, the international neuro NICU consultant and an incredible successful um, entrepreneur. In addition to her role as the president at Synapse Care Solutions and founder of the One Conference, Kathy has recently launched RN Biz Hub, a super unique business and service that supports nurse entrepreneurs to push beyond their perceived limits and realize their dreams with tangible, practical, and inspirational strategies and solutions to support their success. Hope you'll join us. Showing up on purpose makes the difference, and that begins when we care out loud, together.